Battle of Earth, it's time to enter the spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick and Jeff. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on Spoilerverse.com. But if you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcatcher, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us and leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at SpoilerCountry at gmail.com. to the Spoilerverse, and welcome back to Spoiler Country. I'm Kenneth Cregan. That, that right there is the amazing Mr. Horsley, and today hey. on the show, well, it's Tim Rosen, isn't it? It is, and uh, Jeff got a chance to sit down with Tim. Tim, if you don't know who he is, which you should, he plays Doc Holliday on an herb. He's uh, much shit on Shit's Creek, which Shit's Creek is a, a, I don't know, a it's a surprisingly great show. Like when I first watched it, I was like, eh, but the more I watched it, the more I'm like, no, this is amazing on every level. <laughs> yeah, no, that show is so good. It didn't surprise me at yeah. all when you see the the cast. I, I mean, Eugene Levy right. is one of my all-time favorites. You know, fun fact, Eugene Levy did commercials for the Seahawks, and he doesn't do commercials, but he did them for the Seahawks, Seattle Seahawks. Um, oh, nice. This is a long time ago. That's awesome. Yeah, this is like 2006. Yeah. Something like that. Somewhere around there. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. Man, when I saw the cast, I was like, oh, I'm watching this. And that first episode, I I literally <laughs> fell off the couch. I was laughing so hard. You know? Dude, and I, it just we, keeps getting we, better. Well, do you remember that one time you were at, you, you and uh, you guys were over at our house and hanging out? And we watched like 10 episodes in a row. Oh, yeah. Because I love that show. Yeah. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So Tim came on, talked with Jeff. I mean, how cool was that? Yeah. It's super cool. They had a great conversation talking about... I mean, everything. They talked about uh, what on the herb and Shit's Creek and, and everything in between. And they talked about what he's working on now. And it, it's cool, man. It's cool. It's funny the names we get on that I'm like, oh, I recognize that name. And then I look off, I'm like, oh, I definitely know who this is. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, why don't we just sit back and listen to Jeff talk with Tim Rosen in his own words. Welcome, listeners of Spoiler Country. Today on the show, we have Tim Rosan, who plays Doc Holliday on the show Winona Earp. Hello, uh, Mr. Rosan. Hey, how you doing? Thanks so much for having me. It's definitely my pleasure. Winona Earp is a fantastic TV show, and you're definitely my favorite character on that program. Wow, that's a big statement. It is a lot of great characters on that show. I must admit, I find that show does have a, a wonderful way of creating. Not only great characters uh, such as Winona herself and Waverly, but even the side characters or the, the one episode characters are still given a wonderful performance and they are well-created, well-rounded. I would agree with that statement 100%. I mean, Emily Andrus, our showrunner, and the rest of the writers, they create such an incredible world. It's odd you said that. I was talking about that yesterday on set with Dominique. I, I won't give any spoilers, but we had a couple of new characters that were you know, there for the, the episode we were filming. And I said, man, these characters are so fleshed out. 
and I, you know, I won't give away the size of their parts, but they weren't huge. But the amount of character that the characters had to play with was incredible. Yeah, very fortunate. Now, how much say in your development of characters does are you the actor giving a part, um, or at least giving her a chance to speak your mind on? You know, again, another testament to Emily. I'm just going to keep saying how amazing she is because she's amazing. But a lot of showrunners would close that door to a lot of actors. Or even worse, pretend it's open when it's not. When Emily is, she's very open to character discussion, character analysis, breakdowns, thoughts on scripts of where the character's going. Listen, myself personally... I put so much trust in the writers and what they do. And I'm down to do anything, you know, like I like the doc. I like the vulnerable doc. I like when he's pure cowboy doc. I like when he's being a guy's guy. I like when he's not being a guy's guy. I like, you know, I like all that stuff. So I kind of just trust in what they do and I'm ready to play. So, but the door is always open. Yeah. If I have input, which is incredible. Yeah. And I thought something else um, I thought was amazing, or at least something I, I wasn't aware of, but as I was doing research um, for the show and, and you as well, I didn't realize there was such a strong, hardcore fan base. I guess they're called the Erpers, which is, I guess, the version of like a Trekkie. Yeah. And, uh, and I went on a uh, Facebook group for uh, Why Not Erp? And I asked them, you know, do you have any questions for Tim Rosan before I'm going to interview the guy? And mm-hmm. Believe it or not, one of the main questions I did get was, is the mustache real? <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a, uh, I can't believe we're still talking about that four years later. That's great. Because uh, that means a lot of new people are, are watching the show. Uh, yeah, it's 100% real. Seriously? Um, yeah. That, you know, that was a very important thing for me to do. Because trust me, this mustache has caused me a lot of problems for other productions. Because it takes me about three months to grow it. So we shoot five months a year plus three months of me growing a mustache takes me out of contention for other projects for almost eight months of the year. So, you know, my agent is always anti-mustache. <laughs> other productions have, have been wonderful working around the mustache. Yeah, so it's funny. If In the past five years, if you see me do any other project, I normally have a beard of some sort. <laughs> and that's pretty much just to hide the, the giant fat, the giant uh, doc mustache. But look, when I got this part, yeah. I was 100% aware of, especially Val Kilmer's performance in Tombstone. It was one of my all-time favorite movies. You know, you say Doc Holliday, I think Val Kilmer. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, me too. I'm your Huckleberry. It will go down with me forever, you know? You're a daisy if you do. Yes. (laughs) You're just incredible, right? Dennis Quaid also was incredible. I'm a Willie Nelson fan. I like like all music, to be honest. But he actually played Doc Holliday. You know what I remember that from as a kid. I did not know that. So I've been a huge, yeah, he did. I've been a huge Doc Holliday fan just my whole life. So to get the opportunity was a real dream come true. And the dream turned into an absolute panic after I went from being so happy to getting the part of realizing I got to step into these shoes, you know, played so incredibly by these other actors. And I mean, not just incredibly, but iconic. You know, I said I'm your Huckleberry and it brought emotions out of you. You know what I'm talking about. Yes, right? I do. So I was like, man, how am I going to, I'm scared now. But I looked up some old pictures of him and I realized the one thing Val didn't bring to the part 
was the mustache. Doc Holliday had a <laughs> giant mustache. So I said, look, man, I can't act as good as Val Kilmer. <laughs> so I got to at least do what I can do. So I'm going to grow the biggest mustache I can grow for Doc Holliday. So that's what I did. <laughs> and and then that's I'll always have it just because it's so worth it to have it for the five months that I play him because it just... I, I can't do it without the mustache and having a fake mustache for every day would just, it would take me out of it, you know? Yeah. And uh, I don't care about other jobs. I'm playing Doc Holiday on my own earth. I already have the best job in the world, you know? Yeah. So if I lose other things, I lose other things. Now, now since you played Doc Holiday, have you ever had a chance to speak to Val Kilmer, Dennis Quaid, or any of the other actors previous from Doc Holiday and ask, you know, compare notes or whatnot? Incredible. So oddly enough, I, when I went to screen test for the part of Doc Holliday, and for anybody who doesn't know what a screen test is, it's kind of the final step of an actor. It's when you fly to LA, you got to go to Hollywood and go in front of the studio. And it's like, it's nerve wracking, you know, normally, because it's, you know, you're really close to getting this huge part you want. And on my plane ride over from Montreal, Canada to, to Los Angeles, sitting in front of me in first class was Dennis Quaid. Nice. And I saw him and I'm flying to screen test for Doc Holliday. And it gave me such a, a, an inner peace because I just said, this is fate, man. There's no way I'm going to see Dennis Quaid that I know right, right. from wider <laughs> who played Doc Holliday that I freaking loved his performance. Yeah. And I'm now going to do this. I'm like, this is the universe. Uh, <laughs> and then my Val Kilmer was Val Kilmer. <laughs> I'm going to blame it on my father. actually. <laughs> so my father calls me and he says, son, uh, Doc Holliday's in town. I said, what's, what do you mean? What's going on? He says, oh, I saw the big billboard on the drive home. Val Kilmer's coming to town next Sunday for Montreal Comic-Con. Nice. So I said, okay, you know what? I'm going to go meet this guy. I got to go meet him. The double docs. Uh, <laughs> and oddly enough, I've been invited to Montreal Comic-Con yeah. and I've always declined because my friends are just savages <laughs> and I live there and I, they're just going to come and make fun of me. You know, I can't do it. Yeah. I just don't have the courage to do it. So, but whatever I, it was, this was the Sunday before that my father called me. So I buy the package, the, the big package to meet Val, you know, yeah. I buy, I buy the package. I'm telling you, we're going to have the double dock. It's going to be amazing. That night I'm in town and I ran into Adrian Holmes. He had been on um, Arrow and all kinds of, he's a friend of mine. And then I ran into a couple other actor friends that I knew. And I said, what's everybody doing in town? And they said, oh, we're here for Comic-Con. <laughs> You're here a week early? They said, dude, it's over. Today was the last oh, day. No. I said, oh my gosh. So my dad was wrong by a full week. The, the, the moment he oh. called me, the, the, the actual ticket I was buying <laughs> was from an hour from when I purchased it. It was 11 on the Sunday. Oh, no. And I bought it at 10 o'clock. So I missed my Val thing. But he sent me a video, you know. Other people were able to reach out to him that are more important than me. Oh. And he sent me a video this year, actually, and they saved it. I got it on my birthday. Val sent me a wonderful message. I'll treasure it forever. It's got my phone. It's on my computer. And he just wished me luck. And he's seen my portrayal, man, yeah. which, you know, that means everything. And he said I did a great job. So I'm good, man. I'm good for life. <laughs> yeah, I was lucky. I got to meet Val Kilmer briefly at, I think it was Trificon, maybe last year. I went with my wife, Joey Lynn. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, I wasn't able to talk because I guess he has a, his throat cancer or he's recovering from it. I yeah. wasn't able to talk to him, but once again, he just seemed like a, like a great guy. And I was, when I was watching you play Doc Holliday, my wife commented, she goes, he seems like he's, he has, he's doing a little bit of um, a Val Kilmer Doc Holliday in there. Am, am I correct in that? Like, did you watch him the Rose and go, 
I'm going to take from this actor here. I'm going to take this piece from this actor over here. You know, I tried not to. Hopefully that's just the real doc coming out in both of us because I haven't watched uh, Tombstone specifically on purpose since getting the role. And I want to because I probably watched that movie <laughs> twice a year before that. You know what yeah. I mean? It was just that good. I loved Tombstone. Yeah, I tried not to on purpose. So if it's happening in any way, I'm going to take that as a great compliment. And that's just a nod to the doc hopefully coming out. And that's who that character is. So in, pre- in preparing to play Doc Holliday, did you do a lot of research on the historic holiday from documents or whatever information we have on him? Yeah, the first thing I did was I, I understood he was, you know, known as a gunslinger. Later, I learned he was a dentist and, and professional gambler and all that. But, you know, who knew Doc was a dentist? Right. I definitely <laughs> didn't. Not from Tombstone, anyway. Right, right, right. So, yeah, I, I, I did some research and, and tracked down his exact pistol, which was the Colt Thunderer. Because I said, if I got to be one of the fastest gunslingers ever, you know, I got to get good with this pistol. So I actually ordered a replica of his actual gun, the Colt Thunderer, from Calgary, Alberta, which is where I didn't know I was going to come film the show. So it was weird. So I got the pistol, came in the mail, and here I was walking around with this fake gun, <laughs> just walking around my house trying to learn to spin it and get comfortable with yeah. it and do all this stuff. And when I showed up to set, I met the real cowboys and we have some real gunslingers here, some just some real <laughs> cowboys. And, uh, you know, I showed them some of the moves I said, and they said, yeah, it's all fancy and stuff, but real cowboys would never shoot like that. They just wouldn't do all that spinny stuff. <laughs> so I'm like, I learned all this time getting familiar with it that we never really used. But to be honest, a couple of directors still liked it anyway. We've thrown it in from time to time, <laughs> a little spin here or there. Well, But yeah, I've got his exact gun and they, they had the real gun here, the Colt well, in the episode Two Face Jack, when you got to box Dawes' character, Shamir Anderson, yeah, you do yeah. when you do the boxing style, that does look like the old school, old west kind of boxing style. So that had to have been practice and research, right? Yeah, 100%. That goes back to what you said at the beginning. Do they ever, you know, does Emily let us do bring stuff to the character? That was very important for me because, you know, Shamir Anderson, he's a beautiful and he's also a very large, muscular dude. So I'm like, there's just, you know, there's no way I'm going to physically be able to look imposing against him during a physical match of, uh, of strength here, you know? So it was very important for me to make sure I brought the docisms to it. So they let me do the, the full pugilist style, that old school boxing style. I said, for sure, he'd be into that. Yeah. They let me add the scene where I smashed the bottle in the audience. Yeah. And I tried, I, I said, look, Doc doesn't care about, you know, <laughs> the guy's going to use whatever he can. Have you seen the size of Shamir? <laughs> you know, it's, Doc's going to use whatever weapons and whatever he can to his advantage. Yeah. Uh, so they were super cool about that. That was one of my funnest days, man. You know, Shamir and I, we always had a lot of fun together anyway, but that day was just super cool. They had two stunt doubles for us and they never worked all day. They just didn't work. We just did everything. It was too crazy in there anyway. We couldn't even hear a cut. Because this, the extras and everybody was going so ballistic. Like, we just were in that circle just going crazy. It was a real fun day. Yeah, I mean, the one thing about the show, I mean, sometimes you watch a show and you can tell the actors are, I don't want to say phoning it in, but are not as engaged in the characters. But in Winona Earp, everyone does seem to have bought into the character, the story, and the entire atmosphere 100%. And I can tell, especially with you, because one thing I, I found out about you as well is that you did some writing for the Bo Smith with Bo Smith on the Wayne Earp graphic novel. 
That is both. That you're you're correct on both those things, and and I agree with you again because you know this show can be absolutely you know some of these storylines can be absolutely crazy, and if we don't believe it, well, how do you expect the audience to believe it? You know, right, right, right. So we believe we, but it's I love these stories, man. So because you can go and like when the anguish is there and the pain is there, they let me play it. You know. Doc can go pretty dark and sad sometimes. Same can Winona, like Melanie Scarfano. What an actress. I watch her go from like sadness to happy in the same moment. And I'm just like, man, she's so good. But I think, you know, we got to believe in what we're doing. It, it wouldn't have worked, I don't think, from the beginning, you know, because the story is so crazy. Now, yeah. And I must, or at least I'm wondering, because your character is allowed to play you know, humorous, because he is a very funny character on the show. He's kind of, he's like Val Kilmer in The Tombs as far as he's that's the sidekick character that gets to have all the fun roles and all the great lines. Yeah. And you also get to play the badass Doc Holliday, you know, the one that is, you know, questionable. Like, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? I mean, does being able to play that range of emotions and character make it you or at least allow you to be excited every day when you come to set because you get to play a different version of or a slightly different aspect of him every episode. A hundred percent. That's why I said, do I care that I lose other jobs? No, <laughs> I'm fulfilled in every way possible doing this role. It's incredible. You know, I've been, I've, I mean, I've, Doc's been through so many different versions of himself <laughs> each year. It's like, you know, it's a real journey. And just not to go back to it, but mm-hmm. Bo Smith, what an incredible, humble guy letting me come in and, and be a part of that incredible world that he created and gave me the opportunity to write comic books with him. Because, um, I mean, a lot of people in the community know this now, but I'm a huge comic book fan. Like, I'm super comic book. I've always have been. So, you know, for me to get to write comic books is just, it's a dream come true. Like, literally, getting this part just was just the greatest thing that ever happened to me in my life. I'm just so grateful for it for forever, for always, you know, not only get to play Doc Holiday, but then to go write a comic book uh, about it. You know, I was at San Diego Comic-Con for the first time ever. And I'd always wanted to go. Obviously the first time I ever got to go, I was invited there to speak at a panel for a show. I was a part of signing comic books that I co-wrote <laughs> At Comic-Con, it was incredible. I mean, you know, it's like, I'll never take it for granted. I can't ask the universe for too much more. It's given me so much. I'm pretty happy, to be honest. Yeah, I must say, as a fan myself, I've been buying comic books for maybe 30 years, maybe slightly more than that. I'm I'm an older gentleman, so about 30 years. And I will say, from my perspective, you are totally living the dream. I mean, you're living the dream that I had when I was like nine reading these things. <laughs> well, I'm you. I'm telling you, that's me. I've been collecting comics since I'm probably around 10 years old. So, I mean, we probably got into those same books. I, I, for me, it was a great time because the Tom McFarlane Spider-Mans were just around oh, yeah. that time. You know, like I've got uh, Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 300 and all that. I went. I look back at some of my old books and I first thing I did was make sure I had the New Mutants first appearance of Death. Deadpool, oh, I, nice. I was like, yes. And I also had the the newsstand edition. So it made it even better because it had that little barcode instead of the Spider-Man square yeah. in, the, in the corner. The real people will know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, that's the more uh, valuable one usually. Yeah, and it, and it is in that case. So I was like, I was even doubly excited. Like not only did I have it, but then I had that one. I was like, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the other fun part was like going to San Diego and stuff because 
the girls, they don't know comic book writers. They didn't care yeah. uh, who Kevin Eastman was. I was fanboying every second. <laughs> like, we're talking to freaking <laughs> Kevin Eastman, guys. Yeah. They're like, Tim, what is wrong with you? I'm like, what do you mean it's Kevin Eastman? <laughs> I remember the other greatest thing ever, Bo, He's such a great guy. So he says, hey, TR, he calls me. He says, TR, my friend's going to come by. Would you mind a, a friend of mine having lunch with us in, the, in one of the back rooms of Comic-Con? I said, no problem, Bo, whoever you want. His friend was Jim Lee. Shit. <laughs> nice. His friend was Jim Lee. <laughs> I mean, how is it possible? <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's an incredible experience, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm, my, my, I, I did buy Spider-Man in the 90s, and but I do a lot of DC with Batman and Green Lantern. The Green Lantern is usually uh, my series of choice. I've been buying yeah. that for a long thing. The nice thing about doing this, the podcast, is that I get to talk to some of these people who I, who I read as a kid. I can only imagine what it's like being the one who actually gets to hang out with them, you know? Yeah, it's awesome. Like for me, my Green Lantern, Silver Surfer. So, you know, and I remember when I met the IDW guys, you know, I told them I was a comic book guy, but I could see them kind of testing me. Yeah. Like, oh, here comes this actor saying he likes comic books. Yeah. And then they said, oh, so what do you have? And I said, I have the full run. I've got one through 18. <laughs> you know what I mean? I said, right. they said, what? I said, yeah, I've got Fat Waff. Obviously, I have Fantastic 448, 49, 50. Nice. You know, they're like, what? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, how would I not want the first appearance of Galactus, the Watcher, Silver Surfer? <laughs> what do you think I'm pretending here, guys? <laughs> and they were like, oh, my gosh. They actually got me. Uh, I have a comic book art page from number 17, Silver Surfer that they gave me. Wow. And you know, the, the real art from back then is huge. Huh? Yeah. It's a giant. Yeah. That's on my wall back home. That's what IDW gave me. Nice. Uh, like, like I said, man, I'm good in life. I've got that on my wall. <laughs> I have an original silver art piece on my wall. And I got to play Doc Holiday and write comic books. Whatever happens. I've had a good run. That, that is amazing. I will say, because now that you, you're allowing me to geek out just a little bit, I have a my autograph wall, and I've had some really good ones. I have not had the pleasure of Jim Lee yet or Tom McFarlane, so they're listening. Mm-hmm. You know, they should send something that way. But that, that's got to be incredible. The IDW people are really great people. I met them as well. Did you know about why not Earp was a graphic novel before playing the role? I did not. I definitely did not. After meeting Bo, of course, being the comic book guy, the first thing I did was order the old one, yeah. the, the image one. You know, because Bo Smith was around at the time that Jim and, and Todd and all these guys were starting image too. You know what I mean? Yeah. He wasn't one of the original uh, seven that you hear about, whatever. But he was, trust me, he was a big part of all that, you know? And uh, so uh, he's got stories, man. Oh, he's got stories. He's got so many stories. But yeah, so I made sure I went back and got that book. And I mean, yeah, people say, oh, the books, the first book's different, but it's really not. I mean, physically, she looks different. You know, it's a book from 20 years ago. Winona's got blonde hair and big eyes. (laughs) But if, if you read the book... She's kicking ass and taking names and is a strong female character from day one, yep. from the first page, you know? So in that sense, and that's what Winona Earp is, you know, she's, and so, and fun. And she was making jokes and she, it was still there, you know? So that's the beauty is that it's always been there. Yeah. And I think one interesting thing that um, I was, I've read about in, in your, the two stories that you wrote, Legends and Bad Day at Blackrock, is a continuation of the original series, not the TV show. Am, am I correct in that? I mean, you know what? We did bring some of the characters in from the TV show, but Bad Day of Blackrock is actually kind of a prequel. And we got into, yeah, we got into the old history of it. And it was, it's funny enough, like I said, Bo Smith is such an amazing guy and a humble guy. Yeah, it was me who brought in some of the old 
nods to some of his older work. Not him. Like, yeah. cause there's Easter eggs throughout those books. You'll even find like one of the characters I created was uh, Nora rad because Noran rad, the real, the, the silver surfer's real name yeah. is my all time favorite. So of course a character I'm going to create, uh, I created her as Nora rad. So yeah. anybody would even know that like there's Easter eggs throughout it, but there was nods to the original, um, some of the bad guys that he created from those first five image Winona books. Now, when you were in the process of, of writing it with Bo Smith, did and as a comic book fan from back in the day, did the process surprise you of how a comic book is written, or did you already kind of know the ins and outs of it? Oddly enough, I knew how to write, but I don't think anybody did it the way we did it, and I didn't think it was going to be that way, to be honest. I think at first, when they approached me to do the Legends book, which was going to be two books, it was smart of IDW. You know, we'll get the actor to say they're going to be a part of it, and we'll put their name on it, and we could probably sell more comic books. Yeah. But when I spoke to Bo, he said, no, you can write TR. Let's do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, and then we ended up, we actually did another graphic novel together. We did Bad Day at Black Rock and uh, Season Zero was my, just for me, my all-time favorite experience. Just that was the one we really went into her prequel and the history of Winona. And uh, Bad Day at Black, Black Rock was the newest one we did, but Season Zero was just before it. And they actually have, I put Easter eggs in both of them from one to the other. But uh, yeah, what we did is he would write the first four pages. He'd send them to me. I'd write the next four pages and send them back to him. And then he'd write four pages. And that's how we wrote all the books. And we didn't really, we had an outline, but we didn't have anything. He never told me who I was writing, not writing. I wasn't like, I didn't write too much Doc Holiday, to be honest. I, you know, that's what I said again. How amazing is this man? I was writing Winona Earp, you know, <laughs> uh, it, it, it was incredible. So we had so much fun and I just, we just, we kind of inspire each other in a way that's it's just magical. Some of the best times of my life uh, are going to be memories of co-writing with Bo. Just those days of waiting for his pages, getting his stuff, being like, oh my God, this is where he's taking everything. Uh, I'm going to, you know, take it somewhere crazy just so I could see what he says. And, you know, I remember the first time I actually killed somebody. And, and didn't tell him. <laughs> then he called me back and I thought he was going to be all angry at me. But he was all, you know, he was just supportive and happy. And he said, look at you killing people. <laughs> he goes, what's happening? But he loved it. You know, he loved it too. So uh, yeah, just great experience. And I think that's fantastic because I do, I mean, I don't know for a fact, but I imagine a lot of, like you said, uh, what IDW original plan was to have your name attached, but not necessarily participate. And I think it was fantastic yeah. that, because I'm sure that happens with a lot of celebrities where they will just put the name for the marketing value, but they don't actually ask to do anything. I think it's wonderful that you took it upon yourself to be fully involved in it and earn your name as on that credit. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah. And like, like I said, again, that's, you know, that's Bo Smith. And he, you know, he said, no, let's give this kid a shot. We're going to, you know, he can write. I want to try this. And, and it worked. And yeah. Do, do you think you're going to write for other characters? You think you're going to, you know, now that you are, you know, is it now that you've done some writing, you've, you've had that experience, do you see yourself going and maybe talking to other combo companies and going, Hey, can I write for this character or that character? Or I have an idea for my own character. I want to do something with it. Or are you going to, or, you know, are you fulfilled with, doing white known herb stories or you, you kind of get where I'm going with that. Yeah. hundred percent. So I've written a lot during the quarantine, which was incredible. And I've had my own story idea for a long time. I'd love to talk about it, but I feel like I'm very close to a lot of the things you just said. <laughs> so hopefully we can talk again soon and I'll be able to say more, but yeah, you know, yeah, that's always been my, my dream is to just, and again, the only person that I kind of talked to about my story idea was Bo. 
and he's just been always supportive again in that avenue also. So yeah, I've been working on something and talking to people as it comes writing other characters. I don't know, man. Uh, I, I don't I'm such a fanboy. I don't want to mess it up. It's like fans always ask me to say, oh, if they made a Silver Surfer movie, would you want to play the Silver Surfer? My answer is always no. <laughs> people are surprised by that. But it's like, no, I don't want to wreck it. <laughs> you know? I want to go watch the Silver Surfer movie, man. It's my favorite. I don't want to be the Silver Surfer. That's not me, man. It's got, I don't know who it is, but I, I, I want to watch them do it. So if Marvel came to you and said, would you like to write a, a Silver Surfer miniseries? Would you, would you do it? Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'd do it in a second. I mean, I'd go, I'd go from, I just, I forget everything I just said. Just hearing you say that, I was like, oh my gosh. I'd go from panic to just, oh yeah, it'd be incredible. I mean, yeah, I would do it. I would do it 100%. Um, you know, it's just something about the surfer, just this guy alone in space <laughs> talking about, you know, ex, I can't, I'm, I can't pronounce that word, but whatever it is, you know, existentialism. <laughs> existential, yeah. yeah. There it is. And all that kind of stuff. I just always loved him. Plus, the guy's on a surfboard in space <laughs> with the power of cosmic. It's just awesome. Now, now did you ever watch? The, I think there was a summer cartoon, I think, in the 90s. Did you watch it? It was incredible. It was. I, ha- I watch it. I watch it all the time. It's, I've, it's downloaded on my phone, on my laptop. Anytime I'm on a plane, I'm watching that. I don't care. <laughs> the way they did it was incredible because Galactus didn't look like the rest of the cartoon, yeah. too. Which made it like, yeah, they just, oh, it was incredible. Incredible. They did a, I watched uh, all of the old cartoons, man. <laughs> I was just watching all the, re- they, they just, uh, Hasbro on YouTube put out all the G.I. Joes for free again. The Larry Hama G.I. Joes. Incredible, man. Yeah, I'm definitely old, old school nerd. Transformers, G, the original G1 Transformers. Yeah. Teen Mutant Ninja Turtle. Batman animated series was nuts. I love that show. Yeah, nuts. That that holds up better than almost anything I've ever seen. As far as you could watch that at any almost age, any age group, any decade, and it works perfectly. Yep. Yep. I concur. I agree. Yeah, and I think it's fantastic that that you actually are a true blood comic book nerd. And I think that's one. I think a lot of people may not even expected that from you. <laughs> Yeah, what they, like at this point now, hopefully I've earned my stripes. I mean, <laughs> it's been like a lot of years of me like officially nerding out. It's funny because sometimes like we go to the conventions or we do a con and like the girls know now. Like, oh God. <laughs> I'm just, I'm going to be, I even, I'm really old school. I go through the old books and stuff still. I'm like one of the guys who goes to Comic-Con still for comics. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I love all that stuff. What's your grail that you have? Ah, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, it's tough to say exactly what it will be because it changes from time to time. Uh, I just finished the Superman Flash race. Yeah, you know, the, there's four of them. People think there's three, but there's four books, and I finally got the fourth book. Nice. You know, those old books—they're pretty expensive. I did do this. I did a movie once that you know it was a lower budget movie, and they really wanted me to do it. And I said, "Yeah, I'll do it for the low, the, you know, whatever the the price is." It was like for peanuts, right? Yeah. But I told my age, I said, "How about this? Try this. Tell them I'll do them. I'll do it for that, but I want a Hulk 181 8.5 or better." Oh wow! He was like. He, my agent was, what is this? But he took it very seriously. <laughs> I just threw it out there, man. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, let's see what happens. The day I wrapped, my friend, I have a 9.3 Hulk, CGC rated oh, Hulk shit. 181. First Wolverine. <laughs> First Wolverine, baby. You know, because oh, I can't, I can't justify paying that price for that now. You know what I mean? Yeah. My wife would kill me. <laughs> she doesn't know I did grab, 
I had about a 3.548 at one point, but I upgraded two Comic Cons ago in San Diego. I said, man, I'm treating myself. <laughs> and I got a 7.5. I, you know, I'm never going to go for these nine eights or anything. Yeah. You just, they're just, they're next, you know, I, I could buy a car. Yeah. But yeah. And so I've got that at home. So probably those two. Well, uh, your life has, you have like a golden halo around your entire life, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did. I just said, you know what I mean? I'm just going to ask for it. If they say yes, if they say no, I don't. But it wouldn't change anything if they said yes. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. I, I'm interrupt, I, mean, I am going to interrupt you just for two seconds. I did get a notice on Zoom about potential time limit. So it does yeah. suddenly cut out. I didn't cut. I didn't suddenly just oh, kick you out for saying something. Uh, no Zoom may uh, kick us out, but I do want to talk until it does because I really am enjoying this. We don't mind. Yeah, yeah. No stress, of course. Uh, uh, you want me to make sure I say that thing before we get caught off? Actually, sure. Yeah, we'll pause and we'll edit that into the front. You got it. Hi, I'm Tim Roson, and it's my absolute pleasure to be on Spoiler Country. Thank you so much. And also, when you do have those books coming out, before I will say this before we get cut out, please come back on. So far, I'm enjoying this a whole lot of conversation. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no problem, man. No problem. Um, so just to make NBC happy, let's move a little bit to NBC Universal, who I, I believe set this up. We'll go back a little bit to Wino Earp. I did have a, a question, for, one for you for Wino Earp. One of the great moments of the show happened in episode nine, Bury Me With um, My Guns On, when the witch spells out the character of Doc is always the sidekick and never the hero. Do you agree mm-hmm. with that assessment of the character? Is Doc a good person in your eyes? Is he a hero? Is he somewhere in between? Does it, or you know, does he walk the line so many, you know, for so long that it may not even be a question anymore? Or like a, you know, you know, my favorite thing about Winona Earp is it, it shows you that you know being a hero is you can be a hero in many ways. You know, yeah, Winona Earp's always going to save the day, and it also shows you, to be honest, what a burden it can be to be the hero. You know, because Winona Earp's the one that burden falls on. I don't think Winona ever wanted to be the hero per se, you know, but it fell on her. I think Doc is a hero in other ways. For me, it's kind of you know, I I like the kind of softer side of Doc from time to time. Yeah. You know, it's great that he goes to go and be a badass once in a while. But, you know, Emily Andrews, she said, she said, she asked me, she said, oh, do, are you, do you love the hero moment? Are you happy when he shoots, you know, Doc shoots the bullets and it splits the two bullets, yeah. and kills the, t- like, I mean, that was incredible. But I said, yeah, Em, I can't, what are you, are you kidding me? Thank you so much for giving me that. Are you nuts? That was incredible. But I said, you already gave me the hero moment this year. And she said, when, Tim, when? And I said, when he wrote on the piece of paper, I'm all in. Yeah. And he gave it to Waverly to give to Doc. I said, for me, that was a hero moment of hero moments. Because he's gonna, he says he's going to be there. He wants to be a dad and he wants to be a good guy. And I said, that for me is Doc being a hero. Him just wanting to be a better guy than what he had been, it for me, is him being a hero. Because do you think he would have made it that far without in- interacting with Wynne and Earp? If it was a different, let's say, heir or the previous heirs, would he ever have made it that far? Or does Wynne make him better? She definitely 100% makes him a better man. But I'll tell you this, non-spoiler. Okay. A lot of this stuff is going to be dealt with this season that we're filming now that started to air. That You're, you're going to start seeing stuff, I think, uh, this Sunday, actually, on the next episode. We're going to get into the history a bit. Uh, and the history is going to come back to maybe haunt Doc Holliday. So, as you're saying, your favorite version of Doc Holliday is like the, you like the soft, the softer moments of him. Is, is, are they harder to play? Is it you know because it's obviously I would imagine the softer moments are more personal as an actor to get there, 
or is it you know when you have to play him a little more well i guess recently he became a vampire so you definitely have to play him a lot a little more mean a little more hungry is is there yeah. one that's a performance or type of moment that's harder for you i'm going to tell you something i'm very lucky and spoiled that a lot of, pretty much most of my scenes are with melanie scofano <laughs> so <laughs> i just learned my lines I never think about a way I'm going to play any scene ever. Not, not once. I just learn my lines and I go in and I work the scene, whatever I'm going to get. Because Melanie is, if you try and think it's going to play one way, it's not going to play the way you thought it would on the day. So I just react to what's going on there. And I think we've created a, a, this, you know, this tragic, beautiful kind of love and mutual respect for the, for each other, the two characters. So I think, you know, going to the sadness, hey man, yeah, I've had a lot of incredible moments in my life. We just talked about <laughs> a lot of them. So I know how to be happy. Yeah. But I've also, you know, I've been through some stuff. So I know how to be sad too. So it's easy for me to kind of tap into the emotional well that I've filled at this point in my life. Yeah, I will say the chemistry between you uh, or Doc, Doc Holiday and uh, Wino Earp is obviously one of the highlights of that entire show. Is, do you think it's is it the writing that makes that happen? Is it just natural chemistry? Are you guys you know practicing, or is it how you know whatever happens offset with you guys? It you know you've made that friendship and it shows on on, on screen. Like what is how, like what's your secret? Yeah, look, Winona Earp is just an incredible special thing. I mean, it's you know the main us cast. We've been close from day one. We're friends. It's kind of, and, and the coolest thing is that it's spilled out into the fandom and these Erpers, they're just incredible, you know, they're incredible, you know, and the energy that we have, we all, you can't explain it, but we know it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just, it's there. And we're aware of it as actors that it's there. <laughs> Even when we're filming, we're like, man, like it's there. That, that thing you're talking about, that chemistry and that stuff, it's there, man. We're aware of it. And uh, yeah, we are all friends. And, uh, you know, sometimes on, on other sets, it's not that, but uh, Winona Earp is just, uh, it's just a special thing, man. It's, it's been it's just one of the best things of my life. And as you said, and yeah, the fan base does seem to be amazing. I, I mean, I do a lot of research for the show and I, and for the interview and I watched the show, but uh, about four hours ago, I posted on, like I said, the I know Facebook, you know, do you have any questions for Tim Rosan? And mm -hmm. the amount of the speed in which people responded with questions and comments and likes, it, it was amazing. Like I never, I did not realize the base was like that, but it is hardcore. They, they are hardcore oh, involved. <laughs> they are incredible. I mean, listen, they were the reason that we got our season four and they fought so hard. And this year, you know, the special thing about this year, we got, we did so much press this year, like just on a massive scale, like just a massive scale. And the coolest thing is that on all the pieces I read, even with you today, you're talking about the Erpers. And that's what's amazing, man, because they're the ones that deserve so much attention. We already get a lot of attention as actors, but it's that fandom that deserves the attention because they're the heroes. Then and, and they're an amazing fan of going to some of these conventions and being in the room with them or interacting with them on Twitter has changed my life in so many ways. I can't tell you how many times I've been inspired and just touched in my in like my heart and my soul by just the, the kindness and the, the, the sincerity which these people engage with us is it's incredible. Now, have, have you ever had a like when, when do you remember the moment where you realized, holy crap, these fans are not only are they loyal and dedicated, but I mean, just 
very hardcore fans. I mean, when, that, when did that moment hit you and you were like, holy crap, you know? So I had never done a convention before and I was panicked, you know. I, I got invited to do a Lost Girl convention. I don't know if you've ever seen the show Lost Girl. Uh, honestly, I haven't. Uh, sorry, okay. <laughs> to be honest. So that, that's fine. You should watch it. Great show. Anyway, I played a very small character on that, but I played a very hated character. I, I actually killed off one of the, I won't say who, just in case you ever watch the show, but I killed off one of the most beloved characters on that show. My character did. So, and I wasn't around for long, Yeah, you know, so people hated me. I mean, and because that show had a fan base of its own, you know, yeah. they hated me, but I got invited to my first convention was a lost girl convention. Winona Earp had been out for one year uh, and I hadn't done a convention yet in that capacity, you know, like a fan convention. Yeah. Um, uh, so I was scared to go. I, you know, my biggest fear is also, first of all, like, I don't want to be alone at the desk, you know, and no one come over and want to say hi to me either. Yeah. I just don't want to be that guy. You know, you have that real fear of like, oh, well, no one's going to want to talk to me. <laughs> and then plus I said, everyone hated me on that show. And I went there and, you know, the, their cast was there and, and they were all, they're all great people, but they knew that, you know, this was a lost girl convention. There's kids there to see them. I got there. And my line was full of Waverly Earps, Winona Earps, nice. Doc Holidays, and it was incredible. My line was probably bigger than other people's lines. <laughs> and it was already Earpers that just were like, it, it had already started. Yeah. And as soon as I saw that first Waverly Earp dressed in that shorty shirt, I, might, I mean, my heart just exploded. I felt I'm like, oh my God, there's people here and there's people that want to talk about Wynona, which, you know, I didn't hate Doc Holliday. They don't hate Doc yet. Yeah. Yeah. So. That, that is awesome. I mean, that must be a, a phenomenal feeling when you get, you sign the autograph and you see the love in the, you know, the eyes of your fans, uh, you know, as they approach you and you got to know, you know, obviously that connection is there on both sides at that point, you know? Oh, uh, Incredible incredible engagement you know i'm one of the guys too the conventions don't like me because uh, a i don't sit at the desk i stand on the other side of the table where you're not supposed to stand with the i'm with the fans yeah, yeah. and and i don't have a limit for how long i'm going to talk to somebody yeah uh, you know what i mean if you waited to come talk to me you're going to be the one who leaves. I'm never going <laughs> to, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to take as much time as you want. Yeah. And people are always like, oh, you need to move the line. I'm like, I'm not moving anybody <laughs> ever. You know, this person wants to talk. We're going to talk. I've met so many incredible people. Erpers are amazing. I've met an Erp. One of the Erpers we met was the person that controls the, I don't know if robot's the right word, but the vehicle, whatever, the, on the moon. You know the thing that drives around yeah. the moon? Uh, yeah. She it's controls like, that holy thing. Holy crap. It's the, it's the it's rover, she, right? It's, it, I think it's, oh. You're the rover. She's an Erper. <laughs> nice. Yeah, man. I mean, it's incredible. You should ask for a moon rock. Be like, hey. Yeah, I'm Doc Holliday. Get a damn moon rock. <laughs> get me a room. I actually, I think we traded probably Erper bracelets or something. I'm always trading my Erper gear. If I see another cool Erper thing, a button someone has or something. That, that's that's so cool. Uh, thank you very much for talking to me, uh, Mr. Rosan. Uh, Mr. Yeah, Rosan. absolute pleasure. Yeah, absolute pleasure. Uh, let's talk anytime, man. It's great. I'll talk comic books all day long, man. All right, fantastic. Have a very good day, sir. Yeah, you too. Pleasure. Yeah. back what'd you think that was great man that was great i uh i i love hearing the interviews they're, they're a lot of fun i yeah. always learn something on these interviews um not like learn like i now i'm smarter but like i learned, I learned two plus more two about equals the person four. and their history 
Yeah, yeah. yeah learning. It's, about- it's great, man. It's, it's Tim. Tim was great. Jeff did a great job. So I'm happy. Yeah, learning about their history, how they got to where they're going, and I don't know. It's it's always interesting. I, I love seeing people get into something they're passionate about and being successful. You know, it's like one of my right, favorite things right. oh, that's, is that's actually best. seeing people being a success and being a good person about it. You know, right, right. Still being, still being, a, not, you know, not getting full themselves, which is, which is luckily, super easy we, we have, to do in that. Yeah, but luckily we, we haven't, we haven't, we haven't really ran into that too much of people being like super full of themselves in the show. People we talk to are usually pretty humble and like aware of what they've done and who they are, and but aware of also their history too, which is really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's been nice. It's been really nice actually. <laughs> it's been really cool. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to Tim and Jeff, and if you loved hearing that. I humbly ask that you go to spoilerverse.com and check out our back issues. You're going to be shocked with the people we've talked to. Uh, you're going to be more shocked with the people that are coming to be talked with. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's just a lot of fun. And, you know, not only interviews, that we have other series of things that we've done uh, that are just as fun as listening to some, some somebody you might know. Yeah, we've got other shows that, t- that dive deep into horror movies or dive deep into comic books. We've got articles and reviews and previews of everything coming out it's, it's so much stuff there we have a store where you can buy a hoodie or a, a t-shirt or a face mask you can look fly as hell and you can help us out and kind of you know, get uh, uh you know give a little bit of support to help us keep this thing going there you guys go all right guys we are out of here but before we go in an oceans of podcasts we are cthulhu it's cthulhu compels you to, to open the mind Open the mind. You know what? I'm just done with you. Oh, that's awesome.